and welcome to Input 2, Bytes TV and Film Podcast. I am your host, Sarah James, and joining me today is... Hey, I'm Emily Rubin. And... I'm Jeremy Rogers. Awesome. All right. So this past weekend, at the time of recording this, um, there were a handful of movies that that came out. We're going to focus on the horror movie that came out. There's going to be a lot of horror movies coming out over the few weekends leading up to Halloween. This one that just came out was Friend Request. It was about Facebook. Hooray. (laughs) Um, So we're just going to base opinions of the movie. What do you think of Friend Request? It's so boring. Mm. It could have been something decent, but so much wasted potential. Yeah, (laughs) I'll agree. I was... Like, kind of hopeful that it would be better than Unfriended, but it wasn't. It's still, <laughs> it, I was disappointed, um, to say the least. So we're going to talk about why this movie was a disappointment and um, delve into some of the production aspects of the film, as well as one of the big things I want to try to answer by the end of this podcast is like, what was this movie trying to say? Because I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so maybe together we can answer that question. All right. So some of the production aspects of the film, um, the way that it was edited and cut together, I thought was really weird. How like right off the bat, the movie starts off with like a flashback montage kind of sequence. Like it's introduced that it's like this character commits suicide and then it goes back in time Mm -hmm. to the lead up to that character committing suicide. And I was kind of thrown for a loop because of that. And then it's like. All your main characters are, like, introduced through a montage of, like, their Facebook profiles. And I was immediately turned off. Like, <laughs> I don't need... This is the most shallow, vapid thing I've ever seen of trying to get to know these characters. Um, what did you guys think about that? I think Jeremy and I were talking about this. We actually thought the first, like, ten minutes were, like, the only decent part of mm. the movie. And I wouldn't say it's anything like a marvel of editing, but I feel like these characters are relatively shallow on their own. That's true. And their entire lives seem to revolve around their social media popularity. And Mm. so I personally feel that by showing them through Facebook, the thing that they basically like live and thrive on was kind of fitting for these people. But that might have just been me. I don't know. I feel like some of the message was lost in the execution of showing Mm -hmm. them interact on Facebook because a lot of the time they keep, you know, referencing Facebook, but the characters themselves in the story don't seem to care that much about Facebook. That's true. Yeah. I felt like it was kind of a poor excuse as character development. Like instead of actually developing these characters, we're just going to let you peruse through their Facebook page and then you kind of get an idea of who they are. But if it's also... Like, maybe that's the point, is that, like, these characters are supposed to kind of only exist on Facebook. Maybe, but Jeremy brought up a good point, too. Like, we're kind of shown that, but we don't really have evidence of that other than these montages. Yeah, like, maybe that's what it was supposed to be, and then this movie is the turning point, which I, that makes sense, but It's clunky. Yeah, it is clunky. Um, Speaking of clunky, the use of text on screen, I thought, was also just annoying of like this countdown the entire (laughs) movie of um laura losing friends i was like i get it i get it no one likes her anymore (laughs) i will get to why i think that's a problem later but it's like no one likes her anymore and by the end of the movie she doesn't have any friends i don't need a constant reminder of this every 20 minutes that she started with 800 friends and now by the end of the movie she's down to like zero what do you guys think i think it's just weird that like 
number of friends that she has goes down at like a pretty consistent rate, whereas yeah. you'd expect it to be more like exponential, like a huge <laughs> drop off, and then people who only log on like once a month. Right, like those you would see those people who it's like have their like she wouldn't actually have zero friends by the end because let's be honest, half of those eight hundred people are like parents who never check Facebook anyway yeah. or like grandparents who like forgot they had a Facebook. So like she would still have friends by the end of the movie. Let's be honest here. That's true. All right. And then um, one more kind of editing thing, the predictability of this movie. And like horror movies in my mind are known for being predictable. Like it's that's the thing that for me doesn't make horror movies very scary is because mm-hmm. I know exactly when this thing is going to pop out or this person is going to die. And I feel like Friend Request fell right into that trench, um, especially with like each of Laura's friends being picked off by the Marina demon. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's super predictable and the trailer tells you everything, honestly, yeah, if you true. watched it. And I know like halfway during the movie, after all the like spooky, like spooky, scary stuff starts, I remember turning to Jeremy in the theater and I was like, this movie's going to end with like a jump scare of Marina. And that's and exactly it. Did. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, I mean, yeah, it was Crazy. awful. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, about halfway through the movie, after I'd gotten acclimated to all the jump scares mm-hmm. and like the loud noises and the audio editing that made the theater shake honestly all the jump scares just got funny yeah the audio editing it's interesting that you brought that up the wasp sound Mm -hmm. like it annoyed the crap out of me because i hate bugs and so like hearing that but i guess that's effective in a sense that they wanted to try to get underneath the audience's skin but it was deafening at some point yeah uh the point when um laura uh first unfriends marina literally as soon as she clicks that unfriend button the theater started like vibrating like violently and it was it wasn't just unpleasant it was almost unbearable because that happened later like subsequently right after the other and it was just very annoying i don't really see how that's scary (laughs) it's like they thought it's like the inception yeah yeah like, they just think that adding low-frequency sounds makes everything scary and turning the, you know, volume dial up to 11 makes it even scarier. hmm Yeah. I was not a fan. Especially when they use those, like, big sound effects that are supposed to invoke feelings from the audience for something like, this isn't working on Facebook. Like, when she tries to <laughs> yeah. delete the video or delete the page and it's, like, error. Like, that's not... scary i understand it's supposed to like be building suspense where she's trying to do this thing and then she can't because the ghost but like it's just it's the shot is of her facebook screen this isn't scary um i feel like they and they used it way too much Mm -hmm. like uh you said emily that it just it became embarrassing um if they would have like been more subtle that's the thing that makes a horror movie good for me is if it's subtle and this movie was nothing like close to subtle not at all (laughs) um and a couple more production things um i didn't expect this movie to have as much animation as it did especially like through marina's facebook page and like i thought at first i was like that's cool and then by the end of the movie i'm like that's annoying um what do you guys think (laughs) i thought it was cool and then i was like why is this here though yeah (laughs) like if if it was just like a random thing i found online i'd be like oh that's cool someone made it but in this movie, it's there's really no point. Like it would have made a lot more sense if Marina was just 
a person and not some supernatural mm. thing. Yeah. That would have made sense, but since she's a supernatural witch, it doesn't really make any sense no, why she yeah. doesn't make like animations. The, yeah, the placement of it I was a little confused by. And I kind of get that it's like supposed to be like it, some of the the images come back later on mm-hmm. when like each of Laura's friends are being killed off or like when Laura's trying to find out where um, like Mar- Marina killed herself uh, and she like is piecing together all of these images and so it kind of makes sense but it was like so repetitive mm-hmm. and like the same animations kept popping up on like Marina's Facebook page like it was the same it was only like three animations yep. just in a cycle um, and I was like I don't know. I was trying to figure out the purpose of it other than just like, I'm like, I get it. This will probably come into play later on. You don't need to tell me again. Again, lacking subtlety. Um, Yeah, it honestly felt like the movie didn't want Marina to be supernatural at first. Like, they wanted her to be a person, and that would have at least made sense if she was just a girl that killed herself and was an artist. But because she's a witch, why would she even have these? So. I don't know. It feels like they changed, did like a 180 in production or something. Yeah, like it started off like she's just gonna be normal, and then like psych, <laughs> we have actually- to make her scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I this whole movie is just yeah, it's just <laughs> one big shrug. Jeremy's shrugging right now, um, and that's exactly how I felt while watching this. Um, all right, we're gonna talk about kind of the last production e thing, which will lead us into I think deeper conversation. Um, the dynamic between Laura and Marina. Um, I thought this was an odd move by the filmmakers to say like this weird artsy kind of loner character who's dealing with some sort of emotional trauma, who is not completely okay obviously is evil and satanic and a witch (laughs) like what (laughs) like i i know weird artsy loner people i Mm -hmm. was a weird artsy loner kid in middle school so what kind of message is that that this the oddball is automatically evil that's a little problematic to say just the least. a little <laughs> yeah just a tiny bit uh, it was interesting how laura first reacted to marina mm-hmm. in actually trying to reach out and when her friends were like oh she's so weird laura was actually like no wait she actually seems like a cool person yeah and so at least insofar as uh, laura's characterization there i think that was the least problematic part of this. I mm-hmm. thought that was a relatively like nuanced way of looking at the situation. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because usually in these movies you have like the bullied kid and the bully. And yeah. I mean, Laura really isn't. She's more of the victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's a really, that could have been a very interesting and kind of brave move if they wanted to make uh, Marina's death really affect Laura, even though it wasn't her fault at all. But they just copped out and let, you know, Marina just be this weird witch, which is certainly problematic. Yeah. Um, you brought up an interesting point, Emily, that it's like Laura is more of the victim. And I 100% agree with that. Like, in my mind, Laura did the right thing. Yeah. She was being stalked by Marina endlessly and was being sent tons of messages every day. And um, whenever Laura you know, kind of shied away from that because that's that's 
stalking and yeah. that's okay to be like i'm uncomfortable with this um and decides to spend time with people who she actually cares about and are close to her and then marina's like oh my gosh did i do something wrong that's emotional abuse friends that's a sign <laughs> in case you don't know um so marina really does become this kind of attacker towards mm-hmm. laura and so laura's like okay i am taking a step back from this and i am unfriending her and that is completely valid yeah and then the entire movie she's punished for that mm-hmm so what kind of message is this movie sending? Did they get their, like, metaphors mixed up or something? Did they forget, like, who is supposed to be a good guy and a bad guy? Uh, it's 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 just difficult because I feel like with a lot of these stories, like, oh, no, girl kills herself. We have to blame someone. That's why we have those, like, stereotypical bully characters, so mm-hmm. it's easy to place the blame. But, like... Laura, like like you said, didn't do anything. She's the victim. She's being stalked. She tried really hard to be nice. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it sends a really bad message to people in these situations because there are people that are unstable, genuinely, mm-hmm. will try to harm themselves to get to you, to guilt you, and you shouldn't be blamed for the actions that they do if you've done everything correctly. It It's just, it's really hard to watch <laughs> after a while. Yeah. I feel like they wanted to make Laura a sympathetic character, and so she couldn't be responsible, like, directly responsible for Marina's suicide, or else she wouldn't be, like, you know, a sympathetic character, especially since the whole movie was going to be about her trying to overcome this curse. So I feel like that's where that problem started. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like watching this, it's really apparent that Marina is like in the wrong and i feel like most people would be like yeah unfriend her (laughs) yeah but it's like horror movies always maybe not always but a lot of the times it's like the main character is punished for doing something like that's what all the they did something wrong and that's why they're being possessed or haunted or Mm -hmm. chased by some axe-wielding maniac in this movie laura is being punished for doing the right thing um, and I'm not entirely sure what if just the the filmmakers kind of forgot that or like they didn't mean for this to be like we're not punishing her. This is just like the way that this plot is going to work. But in my mind, it's like, why is this character like she did the right thing and got out of a dangerous situation just for the situation to become more dangerous? Um, so I thought it was mixed messages is what I was getting throughout this entire film. And it was just confusing by the end. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so we're going to compare this movie because we've kind of we've talked about it a little bit. Um, and there are a lot of similarities between this movie, Friend Request, and Unfriended that came out a few years back. 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of similarities here. Uh, they both use Facebook as kind of a massive plot device. Um, and social media in general. Uh, and they also have a common link of suicide being kind of the um, start of this paranormal activity. Starts with a character committing suicide. Uh, so first question I'm going to ask is that Unfriended is rated higher on many websites <laughs> than Friend Request. Is this valid? Which one do you think is better? Uh, that's, it's hard think? to say. <laughs> I'd say no. I don't think it should be rated higher. If anything, I feel like they should be rated the same. Yeah. Just because they both have interesting premises. You know, Unfriended had the interesting premise of seeing everything through the computer screen. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas I feel like the first like 10, 15 minutes of friend request were really interesting and the prospect of potentially going into the psyche of, you know, someone who is affected by suicide who didn't necessarily cause it. Mm-hmm. So they both kind of botched their yeah. original concepts. Yeah. I hate both of them, but I think friend request bothers me a lot more because there's so much potential that they could have had with Laura being tormented by someone, you know, who's unstable and dealing with, you know, everything that happens after that. And they just copped out and were like, let's just add a witch and we don't have to try because witches are scary, apparently. Yeah. But friend request is at least, at least it knew, it wasn't trying to be anything other than like a group of dumb teenagers. Yeah, like friend request kind of falls into like the same box as a bunch of other horror movies mm-hmm. and it kind of just sits there where it's like unfriended tried to be this new thing yeah it's like we're gonna it's only gonna be the computer screen and it's about facebook and it's a modern horror movie and then it just kind of fell flat yeah because it was like over ambitious and fell flat so it's like the idea was cool and i mean the idea was kind of interesting with friend request as well um but i mean both kind of failed on yeah. the execution definitely um so all right, we're going to jump into... This is weird transition. I'm so bad at transitions, guys. It's okay. I'm, like, really tired. It's Thursday, and it's... The weather's better, but I'm still tired. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, both movies kind of focus on this fear of social media um, and kind of this new thing that is up and coming that um, has been utilized more and more in horror movies. But these two movies kind of decided to focus on that, on like what exactly is social media? What is it doing to our society? Um, How does it affect the people who use it? Um, One of the things that I kind of thought of is like this pressure to keep up appearances on social media, that it's like you have your social media self and then your actual self, and you only present your best self on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Um, where do you guys see that kind of pressure implemented in the, each of these movies? It can be either. We're opening it up to Unfriended as well. I mean, like, in Unfriended, they're all despicable people and do mm-hmm. terrible things to other people online to, like, hold up appearances. I mean, they the entire point was, like, they put that video up to shame that girl mm-hmm. to make themselves look cool. But Friend Request is more, like... The fear of losing all that you have, I guess, rather than like, well, they both do that because that was what the ghost did to uh, Claire, I think. Is her Blair. Name? Blair. Blair. Claire. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of the entire point of both of the movies. They're very similar in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I think the scariest thing to people is that which they can't understand. And to the people making these videos, social media must be really scary. I guess. <laughs> it's like, not. <laughs> like, if the point is to make me afraid of Facebook, I was, like, watching both of these movies, like, scrolling through Facebook on my phone as it's going on. I'm like, I'm bored. What's happening on Facebook? It's just, like, it's these movies are obviously made by, you know, a generation of people that didn't grow up with it. Mm. So they're, like... They know how to use it, and they're not, you know, like, 60 or whatever. But it's just, like, they don't understand how things work or why what they're doing is so ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas us as a younger generation are looking like, what? <laughs> what is this? We don't... Maybe that's why we don't find it as scary is because we don't necessarily yeah. understand this fear of social media. Um, but we understand some of the pressures of it, mm-hmm. I think. 
um, like the need for like uh, you are judged as who you are as a person is solely defined by how many friends you have or how many followers you have or how yeah. many likes this picture gets. Um, I think it's something that is prevalent and also extremely damaging in our society. I think damaging is the perfect word. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a pressure to look cool and to be cool online, no matter how weird you are offline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So this is, is this where we're going to, we're going to, any final thoughts on kind of like fear of social media before we dive into something darker? It's really not that scary. <laughs> it all depends on how you use it. <laughs> true. That's true. That is true. All right. So another common theme um, in both of these movies is the role of suicide and mental illness. Um, both Unfriended and Friend Request, uh, like I said earlier, the main paranormal activity is set off by a suicide. Um, in Unfriended, it was like the anniversary of a suicide, mm-hmm. whereas Friend Request, it happens like the <laughs> next day. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> stuff starts happening. Uh, but suicide is actually like the leading cause of death uh, for people aged 15 through 24. Um, it was second after like accidents or unintended injury but then recently it's jumped up to um the most common cause of death uh does this plot device like add to the narrative or does it kind of take away from the narrative honestly um in friend request i think it would have added to the narrative if they actually focused on the suicide itself why it happened Mm. and the consequences of it and unfriended no (laughs) yeah Unfriended seemed, and I don't want to, because this is, it's a touchy topic, mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to be that person that tries to negate anyone who feels that way, because that's horrible. Um, but in Unfriended, it seemed forced. Yeah. It was like, there was this really embarrassing video, and the title of the video was Kill Yourself, which, first of all, people who say that online, stop, please, <laughs> immediately. Your garbage. Um, and then she does. And it's, I understand that, like, super embarrassing thing happened. And it's on the internet. And since it's on the internet, it will live there forever. Which I think is also part of, like, this fear of social media. Yeah. That nothing ever really goes away. Um, but for me, like, usually there has to be a lot more issues. And they kind of hinted yes. at that in Unfriended. Um, whereas Friend Request, it's like... I don't want to say it made more sense, but it did. It did make more um, sense. Just because it's like, okay, you have this girl who is seriously emotionally damaged and has gone through something. And then the one friend that she thought she had uh, has left her, even though, like we said earlier, Laura did the right thing because it was abusive. But um, it made more sense, I think, yeah. in that movie at least. Jeremy, thoughts? I feel like. The whole, you know, weight of suicide is that it's the person's decision Mm -hmm. to commit suicide. And in both movies, they kind of fail in that regard because all the people who commit suicide, except for the initial, you know, characters are possessed into being forced to commit suicide. So I feel like it's just kind of mimicking the form of suicide without the actual, you know, reasoning behind it. So it loses a lot of that weight. Yeah. And even still in friend request, Marina's suicide wasn't it wasn't to and the one that made the most sense actually completely negates everything because it wasn't 
because her life was so dark and she felt like there was no other way. It was because I'm going to do this because I'm going to turn into something more powerful. Yeah. Like that was the whole purpose is like it was not because of sadness and loneliness. It was a revenge plot. Mm -hmm. And that completely takes away that entire weight to someone taking their own life. And I was like, this is that's that's distasteful. Um, Yeah. Some of the other questions I had, we kind of already answered them, but it's like, does using suicide as a plot device, does it make a movie scarier or is it just, is it kind of like a turnoff? Does it hit a little too close to home or? Uh, Well, usually the people doing these suicide plots have no experience with suicide Mm -hmm. like actually having those emotions. And so they use it as a cheap like grab in to make you feel emotion that you really don't have. If you don't like the characters, an easy way to make you feel bad for them is they're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're in a trend of suicide. <laughs> yeah, which is not a trend I think is Healthy. beneficial to because it completely cuts off the conversation that we should be having. Yeah. Um, because the only way to erase the stigmas that exist around mental illnesses like depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder and OCD and all these things that so many people in our generation struggle with more so now than ever, the only way we're going to be able to erase that stigma is to talk about it. And films like this that use a suicide as like, all right, this is what's going to start all this scary stuff happening. Like, first of all, I don't think that is a very good idea. Second, Mm -hmm. to completely negate it by saying, oh, it's not actually a suicide. It's just like her taking one step into being a vengeful spirit. Like Mm -hmm. that's shifting around the motivation behind it, I think is also not good to the conversation and it just is going to shut people off and um create these ideas that or cement ideas that people already have about people who are depressed and suicidal yeah Yeah, i think it's kind of problematic to have stories that promote the idea that oh you really want to take revenge on these people show them what terrible people they are you should kill yourself yeah that'll show yeah yeah it's not good it prevents the people who need help from getting help Mm -hmm. because again i think friend request would have been um much more powerful and had a stronger narrative if marina wasn't a witch yes and then the whole plot could have been like oh maybe we could have gotten her some help um and laura struggling with that of like yes you know i was trying to be friendly and it backfired but it's like you know i could have gotten her the help that she needed because that was my thought process until (laughs) it was revealed that she was actually like a witch and was going to be you know causing all of this even though that wasn't like like obviously that was what was going to happen because that's the whole premise of the movie but like the revealing like that she was a witch purposefully trying to do this was kind of later on and i was like not necessarily expecting that yeah Um, it's also really sketchy that like Basically, the end of the film, when they show Marina doing this all over again, it makes the entire thing pointless because, yeah, like all of this was pointless because it shows that, you know, Marina, this wasn't a girl or like a vengeful spirit or whatever with like a fixation on this one girl. It She does this like every week. Yeah, that it's <laughs> it's a recurring thing. And now by the end of it, Laura is the I don't know what you want to call it. Goth kid. Yeah. I guess. She was dressed in all black, so... I know, and therefore she must be a Satanist witch who wants to murder people, (laughs) obviously. Feels like three different movies. For just living their own lives. Like, what did they (laughs) ever do? I understand she was alone, but if you look at it in the context of, like, instead of it being this lonely kid 
who is depressed, all of a sudden she is like an active monster, like like actively going and pursuing these groups of teenagers to uh, take out her frustrations for what? Against what? What did they ever do? <laughs> and that's the problem. Like, we saw Marina's backstory, but if it p- takes on a new form after each person, then that was entirely pointless because the ghost wasn't even... Which, sorry, wasn't even Marina. Like, yeah. So... What is this movie trying to say? I don't understand <laughs> So, like, it's the weirdest thing, too, because, like, I guess this was a German movie that came out in 2014, yeah. which makes 16, me... I thought. It came Just... out in Germany in 14. It's now coming here in 2016. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if, like, the production house in Germany maybe had problems with, like, a specific suicide plot or something. Or it's like, no, I don't know what they're like. I don't know. If it's, like, a cultural thing? Yeah, I don't know. More so than, like, a generational thing? Maybe? I'm just... I really want there to be a reason and not just be, like, bad filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird that the movie devoted so much time and energy to building up this personal vendetta that Marina had against the world, only for it to be like, oh, never mind, it's a cyclical thing. Yeah. It would have happened anyways. So everything we watched meant nothing. Yeah. It's just, it's like, a, it becomes a slasher film. It's like, <laughs> that's, it completely changes it. And Marina is now this, you know, monster who just takes different forms in yeah. order to take out as many teenagers as possible because Facebook. Yay. That's, that's the whole thing, I guess. <laughs> so it adds nothing to the conversation about mental disorder. Yeah, especially because... Uh, recently people have there have been a lot of studies about like does social media increase the effects or symptoms of these mental illnesses does it worsen depression or heighten anxiety or you know cause bipolar disorder there are a lot of people who think like the reason that our generation struggles with mental illness more so than the generations before us is because of this increase in technology and that we have to put up our best face all the time and that we're not allowed to be sad on social media or like you only get one day to like in a month to be sad on social media if it's a repeated thing then people are going to say that you're crazy or something's wrong with you um do you think addiction to social media is the cause of these illnesses or is it more of a symptom i think it's more of a symptom personally yeah Uh, I said it earlier, I think social media is all about how you use it. So if you Mm -hmm. use it to cut yourself off from other people, like as a substitute to real interpersonal Mm -hmm. communications, then it's going to have an isolating effect. But if you use social media to talk to people, if you use it Mm -hmm. to organize events to get together, then it can actually be a connective force. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think there are a lot of... Um, already like preconceived notions about Facebook or Twitter or mm-hmm. Instagram by older generations that it's like these crazy kids and their <laughs> iPhones and they can they're always on that Snapchat and like I have I have gone on a Facebook rant or two about why I love the internet and why <laughs> I think it's great and that I have access to more information than the generations before me ever had and I think that's really cool and I can connect with people across the country and across the world Um, and I think that's awesome but at the same time I do kind of see like I don't know I understand the like 
pressures of social media and how that can heighten these certain you know effects but i feel like if you don't if you aren't already depressed social media may cause you know low levels of like oh my gosh i have to do this or i have to do this or this didn't get enough likes but it's like by the end of the day you're fine but if you already have depression or anxiety then yeah social media may heighten those certain effects where it's like oh i didn't like i don't know how do i want to word this um, like I posted something and not a lot of people liked it and that just takes away from your self-worth just because so much of our self-worth is invested in our online personalities to like today. So it's like I posted a picture on Instagram last night and it only got 25 likes and I'm kind of sad about it. But like by the <laughs> end of the day, I'm like, it's whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's, it's a hard question because mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are definitely people that have not shown symptoms of depression before start using social media and they become addicted and yeah while not necessarily the same as depression there are illnesses that can spark because of you know you as an individual how you're wired and then using something that triggers that be it mm. facebook twitter i don't think that should you know we shouldn't talk about it but i think it's wrong to blame those platforms because you know some people might use them wrong or you know be wired in a way that makes them use them wrong i mean they even kind of touch on this in the beginning of friend request because the you know the very first scene takes place in a psychology classroom and they're talking about internet addiction Mm -hmm. and how they say that it's not its own illness it's a symptom of other something else yeah yeah that you know when you're depressed you might feel the urge to keep people at a distance through social media or something. So I think you're right, Sarah, in that it can be a tool for people to use to distance themselves and to get worse if they already are feeling depressed or lonely or anxious. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's an easy way to kind of isolate yourself or like, um, I don't know. It's also like comforting in a sense because it's like you can still exist as a person online without having to exist to other people like physically, um, which like when you're in those kind of waves of depression or anxiety, like that's an easy, easy thing to fall into. Yeah. Um, of like, I don't want to talk to people right now. I don't want to be around people right now because I feel disgusting. So I'm going to just, you know, scroll through Facebook or watch YouTube videos all day. Um which then again can be cyclical because it's like, I didn't do anything all day except scroll through Facebook and watch <laughs> YouTube videos. So now I only feel worse about myself. Um, but that's how mental illnesses work. Um, so maybe it isn't that the internet or social media is a cause of this or even a symptom of this, but just because it kind of facilitates those, like the symptoms of depression and anxiety to be more easily accessible, that it's easier to fall into waves of depression or heightened anxiety or OCD because of the internet, but it isn't necessarily like a cause of that. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other closing thoughts on on the role of suicide in these movies and mental health? Because we should actually talk about them and not just yeah. use them as cheap plot devices. That would be great. I'm looking at you, Cyberbully. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Don't watch it. I've never seen it. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even need to. You know what? Nope. It's fine. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, kind of final question. Um, we've seen with these two movies, and I'm sure 
other B-list horror movies that I've never heard of, um, that horror movies are kind of following this trend of utilizing social media as its big bad. Um, does this modern take on a ghost story make it scarier or lackluster? What's scarier to me is what's real. And what's real is, you know, mental depression and suicide and the consequences of it for other people and, you know, mm-hmm. that person. When you add a ghost into it, you're diminishing that. Mm-hmm. You are diminishing real emotions and real people. And that's really not scary. It, it honestly shows that they don't respect the topic enough. And obviously, ghosts can be scary in their own right. But honestly, what's real is scarier, personally. Yeah. I mean, it's not scary when you get an email that says, if you don't forward this to oh my 15 other people... <laughs> You know, some <laughs> orphan is going to kill you in your sleep. It's not scary when they make it about Facebook. No. Yeah. For me, I feel like since social media is such an ingrained part of my life and the lives of so many other millennials, um, and not even millennials, adults as well, My both my parents are on Facebook all the time, and I wake <laughs> up to almost every morning to either my mom or my dad tagging me and something. So like they use social media too. And I feel like it's just such an ingrained part in our lives that I'm like, I know Facebook. I understand how it works. Like it's not going to be scary to me. And maybe it's because I don't, at least I don't think I live the kind of life that these characters do where it's like, I don't define who I am completely by how many friends I have on Facebook. Like that's not... (laughs) even valid because like half no. of those half of those friends on Facebook I don't even talk to anymore. Sorry. Um <laughs> like it's people from middle school who I haven't seen in years. So and I feel like that's kind of the biggest point in each of these movies is that like these characters live by their Facebook and they only exist kind of on that screen. Um and I don't see myself or even the people I'm close to like that. Like, yeah. I, I'm able to differentiate between, like, who I am on Facebook and who I am now and, like, who you guys are on Facebook versus who, like, that's an easy distinction that I feel like this movie, both movies really, don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, in Friend Request, there was the scene where they get the computer wizard to look at <laughs> There's the always, yeah, yeah, why is there always some, like, tech wizard kid? <laughs> like, is that... <laughs> like, there was Ken in Unfriended, yep. and yeah. then there was this other guy Kobe. In, yeah, Kobe in Friend Request. Yeah. But when he looks at the code of Marina's Facebook, he goes, this isn't... He goes, says, this shouldn't even exist, and <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Is that... Uh, it might be scary if you were able to actually represent real life Facebook, but when you insert that sort of true. supernatural thing, mm-hmm. and that to happens, simulate. that happens to both of them. It's like it's not actually Facebook; it's this ghost possessed Facebook. Yeah, and I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me because I know like Facebook will never be something like that. But if it's like if they were able to have some sort of narrative this would be interesting filmmakers out there listen up if you want to implement social media effectively into your horror movies don't switch it around so that it's like some crazy spoopy social (laughs) media that's like possessed by a witch because that's not going to get anything accomplished like ground it in real in realism because there is scary stuff that happens across the internet that exists and that is you can tap into that easily so why why add a witch to the mix that makes no sense to me i think the problem is like we're all film people here so Mm -hmm. we look at this and we're like 
this is terrible, but they're making money, so they're not going to stop. That is true. So that, is, that is the very sad truth. Silence of sadness. <laughs> silence of sadness. And I mean, the even sadder than that is we're film people, and we gave them money to yeah, watch Yeah, we did. This. We paid them for this. But we did anyway. <laughs> Shameful. We should have listened. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Closing thoughts on Friend Request? Just don't watch it. Uh, maybe watch the first 10 minutes. You'll probably be more entertained scrolling through Facebook, though. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you guys for both being on this episode. If you listeners want to check out more podcasts from Byte, um, head to our SoundCloud at Ball State Daily. Also, they're up on our website, bytebsu.com. Also on ballstatedaily.com. Check that out. Uh, be sure to follow all our social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, and our brand new Instagram account. It's super exciting. All at bytebsu. Also, YouTube, bytebsu. All the social media. Just Google search bytebsu. We'll show up follow us awesome social media guys because we're not <laughs> afraid of it right um <laughs> don't get possessed don't get possessed <laughs> be sure you follow us on like your non-possessed facebook account please um and we promise we won't unfriend you hey <laughs> um, that's not how that works but that's fine you know for the puns all right i have been your host sarah james and joining me today were emily rubin and jeremy rogers awesome we'll see you guys next time